Welcome Keepers of the Connected Universe to Mike's Morning Mug. Actually, this is uh, the afternoon, but I want to go ahead and get this out there. This is my initial reaction to the latest UAP hearing. And what I'm going to do, uh, give you my first thoughts on this whole thing. I'll go ahead and upload this particular video to the Connected Universe portal this evening. I know we have a, uh, a class, Connecting the Universe class, actually in Edge of the Rabbit Hole episode with Mark Anthony uh, that is going to be live here on Wednesdays. I don't usually upload videos to the portal when we have something live that is happening that night. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and do that with this anyway. And then a few days from now, uh, because a lot of people have been asking me uh, already, you know, what my thoughts are on this. So uh, I want to give that to you guys first and then in a few days time release the audio version of this on the Connecting the Universe podcast. So for those that are listening to this later on the podcasts, please join us, uh, ConnectedUniversePortal.com. So given that this is my initial reaction, just got done uh, watching it, I'm not going to have all the, the names at my disposal here. Of course, there was Grush, who's the uh, the big name that's been out here recently because he's the one that was saying, hey, we have um, extraterrestrial craft that we have retrieved. I'm I was privy to that information. Uh, you have the pilot from the Tic Tac video and then uh, another pilot there uh, that, that had been witness to many things. So this is what my initial takeaway from this is. This is fantastic that we are continuing to talk about it. It is fantastic that we are actually getting uh, these points of view written into the public record. But we really didn't get new information out of this. Um, and I suppose that's fine. Um, you know, and that's kind of been the standard here, the, uh, you know, the few times that we've had this over the last couple of years is that we really haven't gotten new information, but there's at least an acknowledgement that something is happening, something is going on. And again, my opinion on this, as far as the, the government's uh, stance, now they are always going to, for as long as they can, Deny, 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 deny. And that was one of the things that um, you kind of saw within this uh, hearing today is a frustration that some of these things that really didn't need to be classified were just, boom, immediately getting classified. Like, you know, footage off of a cell phone. Like, you know... It, got submitted, boom, we're classifying it, and it gets buried in the system and people can't get to it. Uh, you know, that sort of stuff was happening. So there's a, uh, a frustration of um, overclassification. But that's really the way the government handles stuff. They, they, we keep saying we want transparency, and the way the government, especially the military works, is to uh, overclassify as much as they can to keep sensitive information out of the public hands. And I get the national security uh, aspect of it. Having worked for national security organizations in my past uh, when I was with the Air Force, I understand that point of view that you don't want something to accidentally leak out. But 
there are times where it's like this this really doesn't need to be secret or top secret or uh, in a special compartment and you know, when people in the you know, question kind of came up today uh, you know what was the clearance well you know technically the highest you can go is top secret but there are many many compartments within uh, that top secret clearance that uh, like I had a top secret clearance but I couldn't access anything that was top secret it was only within the compartments that I was uh, you know that I was allowed to get into and even then I still had the quote-unquote need to know so even if something uh, was within my top secret compartment uh, I couldn't access it unless I actually had a need to know to get to that information and I think that's something that the public still doesn't quite understand or can wrap their heads around. And within that, by doing that, um, what it does is it keeps like one individual from really knowing too much or knowing all. So you have uh, several different people knowing this person knows a piece, this person knows a piece, this person knows a piece. And in some respects, it doesn't make a lot of sense unless you have all the pieces together to unlock the bigger key, right? In any case, that was a little bit of a sidebar. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I don't think we got new information out of this. Um, I think, okay, we knew about the Tic Tac video. We, we know that it defies the laws of physics. Uh, we, we know these things. Uh, we, you know, it's just fresh in our minds, you know, Grush's report about, uh, you know, the government having this, uh, this wreckage from, from Kraft. So all of that was just kind of read into the record today. And any time that, um, you know, some of these on this uh, committee wanted more detailed information, usually it was toward Grush. Um, he would basically defer to, I can't tell you in this setting. We would have to get to a skiff, which basically is a uh, room that has been essentially sanitized to be able to talk about these different sensitive topics. So, um, so a, secure, a secure facility, right? And a lot of those pieces of information that the public really wanted, that was the wall that we kept coming up against was, you know, here's a question directed at Grush. Now he would talk about anything in his uh, interview that he had a couple months ago. Anything that he divulged there, he would talk about. Anything beyond that, he would refer to, I'll talk about it in a skiff, I'll talk about it in a secure environment. Again, frustrating for us because we want to hear those details. We want to know that information. But he's in a in a predicament where if he says too much, he says the wrong, it could even be a word. Um, there are, uh, you know, within the government, within the military, there are just a word can be classified. Like there are, uh, you know, programs, like a piece of uh, software that uh, that I would have worked on, uh, that actual software package itself is classified. So just the name of it, classified, can't talk about it. So when it came to questions like, can you tell us about 
uh, you know, give us some details about the, the craft that had been found. Can you tell us uh, anything about uh, extraterrestrial beings? You know, those sorts of questions. And those weren't the exact questions. Again, I don't have it all in front of me because I'm just basically walking away uh, you know, from, the, from the monitor to here. And uh, you know, it, all of those are met with can't talk about it, can't talk about it, can't talk about it. But uh, given the questions that were asked and where he had to draw that line, it does, of course, to the listener, let you know that, okay, something's there. There's something there he can't talk about. It. He can't give us specifics. He didn't say no. And, and that's the thing, is um, if there is nothing there, then, you know, it's not, you know, it wouldn't be classified to just say, no, there's nothing there. I don't know anything about that, whatever. Um, but he didn't. It was, I have to talk about it in a secure facility. I have to talk about his gift. So that tells you that there is something there, but he just can't give details. And that's what the public wants. We want the details. We want to know. Uh, of course, there are several people that, uh, you know, wanted to know about, you know, how, how advanced the, the technology is. And so, you know, you have a couple of pilots there that are talking about, you know, this is not something, um, you know, that we have. This is not something that anybody in the world has, that it defies physics and things like that. Um, and so that was interesting. Also, you, um, you know, you got the frustration of, look, 95% of these sightings go unreported, that uh, you know, people are essentially scared to report on this phenomenon because of the different con the connotations uh, that would be uh, imparted onto them. There are repercussions that they may face. You know, there's a certain stigma against reporting on this type of phenomenon. So most of them don't. And, uh, you know, and that's, again, it's something that we knew. It's something that we already knew, but it's being presented in a very formal government uh, situation. And I think that's really the takeaway from this, is that everything that we've been talking about for years is now, quote-unquote, official. It's been written into the official record. And so that is, that's definitely a good thing for... Uh, for the ufology community, for researchers, uh, for somebody, for anybody that's interested in this phenomenon, and actually just really for the public in general. This is something, I like that they did reference some of the old material, going back to Roswell. Uh, you know, Grush talked about, hey, government's been actually messing with this since the 30s, and he was mentioned, he, Roswell was mentioned somewhere along the ways in there, uh, but he actually mentioned the 1930s, which I, I found interesting. Because uh, there's you know, speculation about uh, things from you know, Germany at the time were interfacing with, uh, with UFOs and extraterrestrials during their height of, of power in the 30s. So, uh, you know, but it's from the perspective of, of us. So apparently we knew something too. Uh, and that becoming uh, more official is is good because last time uh, you know, when we had one of these hearings, of course it was uh, Bray and Moultrie were getting grilled by um, you know, some of the different leaders in Congress, 
and they're from the actual uh, you know government agencies. So that was another good thing. We're, we're have the government agencies out of this. We're actually talking to witnesses, people that had been in the government, uh, but were witnesses to uh, this type of phenomenon. And uh, yeah, back then they were just playing coy, playing dumb, you know that sort of thing. And it really took the uh, a handful of, of congressmen and women uh, during that particular hearing to really make those guys almost look like fools. Uh, and so, you know, my hats, like Mike Gallagher from Wisconsin, you know, hat off to him uh, and a couple of the others. You know, they did a good job of, of doing that uh, because those guys were extremely evasive. Like, well, you know, there's nothing you know, official. We don't know that sort of thing. And they could skirt that line because nothing had been official since Project Blue Book. And they weren't talking about anything from that era. They, they were only talking about, uh, you know, from basically early 2000s and on. So that's been a frustration of mine. And I know several others have had that frustration that, uh, you know, like the report that came out a couple of years ago, the last hearing, that it was all talking early 2000s and on. And so there were some references you know, back to uh, you know, some of those older cases, which was which was really good. So I was happy to see that. Um, yeah, and, and really, it's this is pushing the conversation forward. You know, those that have been skeptical, 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 um, I hope now are having their eyes open to, look, there's something legitimate going on here. Um, you know, the, the government has been lying to us. And there are several members there that were talking about, you know, this town, the government, that sort of thing. Um, and the, in the way that, uh, you know, Washington works, you know, uh, extremely secretive. Uh, they, just the, the machinations of it all without getting into too many details about Washington and the uh, the machinations and manipulations that, that go on there. So it's good to see that sort of thing talked about a little bit. Uh, the misappropriation of funds. Again, another thing that's been talked about over the years, special access projects, these sorts of things, uh, where money is diverted from a project that was supposed to be going on over here and it gets slid over to this other project. Um, and I think, well, here's the thing is most people don't trust the government. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's a scary thing because they, they control the way our society is run. And so you have people that, you know, kind of want to have the blinders on. They don't want to know that the government's been lying and manipulating us, even though in the back of their minds, you know, some something will happen off on the side here, and it's, oh, you know, there, there's the government again. Um, but they'll put the blinders on otherwise, and they don't want to know about it because. And here's the thing: people want to generally just live their lives, they want a nice, stable life. They've got enough other things going on on the daily you know you got bills to pay um you know, maybe the car needs to be fixed or something's going on with the roof of the house or you know there's a leak in the bathroom 
um, you know, we got a you know job to work, all that sort of stuff. There's enough stuff going on on the day to day that they really don't want to be bothered with, you know, the government doing something you know ridiculous and stupid. But they do. <laughs> but the government does do ridiculous, stupid stuff, and they they do lie and they do manipulate. Um, you know, to this is what I say about politicians. Mo not all, but most. Um, they're rich, powerful people that want more money and power. And so, and part of that is this, what we're talking about with UFOs and UAPs. You know, there's technology there in these craft that have been discovered in, you know, if we are actually in communication, uh, you know, with extraterrestrial races, there's technology there that we don't have that whoever on earth would have that more advanced technology would then have more power here on earth. So it's, it's always about having more power than, uh, than the other factions on the planet, right? So that's something that always plays into this is, um, and, and it was brought up, you know, as far as like the detection systems and things like that that the the military has you know we don't want the public to know that we picked up this piece of footage because then the question will be asked how did you get that footage what device or technology did you use to acquire it and that technology or device may be classified so they don't want to talk about it so that's another aspect into all of this um so you have that type dichotomy going on uh, as well. So, so that's where we were talking about earlier. They overclassify everything so that they don't have to talk about it. But then the problem is, is that we know stuff is going on, uh, and for a long, long time, you know, the government just they they tried to play us as fools. Uh, they called us you know crazy. They called us wackos. You know, they just denied, denied, denied because we as the average citizen didn't have that type of technology at our disposal to be able to record properly. Sure, we had some photos and things like that, but you know our old cameras didn't really do a very good job of picking it up. It's like, okay, there's an object in the sky, yeah, it's a little fuzzy, maybe it's a blip, that sort of thing. But now we're walking around with at least an HD camera in our pocket. Many people have 4K. Uh, on their cell phones and we're picking up all kinds of fantastic videos and photos of things that we are seeing in the sky so they can no longer deny that something's going on and so that's uh, you know one good thing that's come out of this uh, but again the government is going to only take it as far as they have to um, you know so they are they're not admitting really that um, that there is anything specific. That's why it's like anomalous, right? Um, why we've redefined this term. We've gone from UFOs to UAPs, which it's just semantics, right? We're, we're still talking about the same thing. So UAP could be anything in the sky. It could be ball lightning, right? Um, UFO would basically has that connotation of, you know, flying craft that's extraterrestrial that's from another planet, that sort of thing. With UAP, you could throw anything in there. 
it's kind of a catch-all. Um, but it also makes the government um, use a term that doesn't sound like, because again, they spent decades saying that anybody uh, in the UFO community, UFOs are you know, just science fiction, those guys are wackos, that sort of thing. So they can't use that term themselves because of the, uh, the, the campaign that they had been running for decades. So they, they will only take it as far as they have to. And once they reach that point, they will deny, deny, deny. That's why uh, in the last hearing, they were all like, well, yeah, I haven't seen anything official in that. I haven't seen anything official in that. Because there wasn't anything official you know, filed on those things. They didn't even have a process in place to have anything officially filed. So it's kind of a catch-22 there. They could sit there and say, there's nothing official. There's nothing official. Well, yeah. But you didn't have anything in place for anything to be official. Which is why I liked, you know, Mike Gallagher, like saying, hey, we're... We're in a congressional hearing here. This is pretty official, so come on. Um, yeah, so that was the way that they were able to skirt around it before. With this particular setting, uh, you had the three witnesses, which uh, was uh, which was really good to have, because that's something that we've really been lacking in this is actual witness ter testimony. You've just had government people talking at each other. And while these three were involved in the government, one, you know, some shape or form was the military or otherwise, you know, there are people that are coming forward talking about their experiences there with this type of phenomena. And so, um, again, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what may actually be revealed. I know people want, boom, disclosure today. I want disclosure today. They won't disclose until they absolutely ultimately have to. And I get asked all the time, you know, what will it take for real disclosure to happen? And at this point, the government's not going to do it. They they will not. What would have to happen at this point, like it the closure for disclosure to happen today, you'd have to have have happen like what we saw on Independence Day, where all of a sudden there's huge, massive craft over uh, cities all around the world, that sort of thing. You know, that are just totally blatant and obvious. Uh, without that, you know, with just a you know, a crash out in New Mexico or some other place that are kind of scattered, you know, that can, you can get a government team out there immediately to, um, to get on that and then, of course, throw a story. Essentially what we saw at Roswell, right? Uh, you had all the witness testimony and then the government came in and, you know, we hushed it up. Well, you know, today with their technology of watching the skies, they know when, you know, a, a meteorite is coming out of, the, out of the sky. So let's take, you know, there's a bigger craft. Um, you know, they're going to have a beat on that and somebody's going to be there immediately uh, to recover it. So, um, so any eyewitness testimony from, say, the civilian side or something like that is going to have to be like really, really quick, um, because you know government agents are going to be on top of that as fast as they can. So, um, so yeah, it's this was a step in the right direction. Um, you have a lot of uh, you know at least the. Uh, 
congressional members that were on this panel were, at least on the face, you know, very inquisitive as to what was going on. I thought they asked some, some good questions. Again, they couldn't get too detailed uh, with, with some of the answers, but uh, you had a number of the members acknowledging that you know, there was a um, you know, really a lack of communication, that there's definitely been abuse of the system, especially when it comes to the misappropriation of funds. Um, I, I think most people uh, believe that there is ridiculous uh, you know, spending by the government in a number of different areas and things that we don't know about. There's cover-ups and et cetera. Um, yeah, I think you know, majority of the general population believes that. You're going to have people that are polarized on either side, of course. So what this really does is it adds another notch to that there's something going on. And it even got brought up in the middle of this uh, hearing, the idea of something interdimensional. I mean, it even went to like holographic principle and, and that sort of thing. Um, Grush brought that up, which I have my own opinions about the, uh, the holographic principle. I think there are some, some elements of it that are, um, that are very good. And basically, you know, David Bohm came up with this thing. And I'm not a physicist like Bohm. Uh, the thing that, I'll just throw this out there real quick. The, the thing that always, um, that I couldn't get on board with when it came to that was if we are living in a hologram, well, you can't touch a hologram and I can touch everything around here. Now, the idea of some sort of projection, and this goes into like simulated universe theory, um, the idea that something like that's going on, yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, but that everything around us is an actual hologram, well, not in our conventional sense of what a hologram is, but there are elements and principles within that principle that could certainly adhere to the way the universe works. So I'm on board with part of it, but not all of it which I think is fair, um, you know, and that's, that's something that, just as an aside, uh, when it comes to, you know, any of these ideas and theories that you don't have to be, you know, completely on board with something or completely against it. You know, you can be on board with pieces of it, be like, you know, that part of it and that part of it I agree with, I don't on this. So and even when it comes to like my stack time theory or whatever with my new book coming out, if, I'm sure there are going to be people that are totally dismissive. Others are going to be completely on board with it, whatever. But I'm, but I'm, I'm hoping what happens is that people aren't completely dismissive of the whole thing because there was one element of it that they couldn't agree with. So they threw the whole thing out. You don't have to, you don't have to throw the whole thing out just because there's one piece of it you disagree with it. There can be really sound principles within it. Um, and because that's, you know, in my research, that's what's, that's, that's where a lot of my ideas, you know, have come from. Sure, I've, I've come up with a few things of my own, I suppose. Um, but over the course of my research over the years, it's like, okay, that one makes sense. That one makes sense. This one makes sense. 
and they connect together, but the whole of that one, the whole of that one, the whole of that one, eh. But they have some pieces I like, and this one has some pieces I like, and that one has some pieces I like, and put them together, and boom. So, in any case, that was on the side. Uh, but I, I found it interesting that the idea of interdimensionality uh, came up during this hearing because I think that we'll find, yeah, some of them are going to be, you know, absolutely physical craft that were able to come here. Um, you know, they mentioned, you know, talked about stuff like G-forces and things like that. You know, there's a technology or um, who knows, uh, you know, the physicality of beings that may be able to fly these things or maybe they're drones or probes or whatever. Um, you know, the fact that some of them could actually be interdimensional travelers. Some of them certainly are. Some of them are physical, some are interdimensional. Some of what we experience are projections, uh, astral in nature. So, but of course we're not gonna get a physical craft out of something that is a, uh, that is a projection like that. But in any case, I thought it uh, was good that that idea got mentioned. Because I believe that we're going to find, uh, as we dive deeper into this, that that is definitely in play. And I know in some cases, um, others in the field have mentioned that, well, these aren't extraterrestrials. These are ourselves traveling back in time. Well, some of them. And see, that's the thing. It's like, it's not all just one thing. And I think we get hung up on that, or a lot of people get hung up on, you know, they want one definitive answer as to what this phenomena is. And I think what we're going to find is that it's a number of different things. Yeah, some of them are going to be time travelers too. Now, here's the thing. People say, well, they are ourselves coming back from another point in time. Here for whatever research they need or there's an element that they need that they don't have in the future that they need to come back and get now. Whatever the idea is. Here's the thing. Could be somebody from the future that lives on this planet, but is not us. So we're in a, and I talk about this in Travels Through Time, in the UFO section. We are in a unique point in the Earth's history in which we are like really right smack dab in the middle of it. So the Earth has been around for about four and a half billion years. Well, the Earth is only going to be around for about another five. And that's because at that point, the sun will become a red giant and engulf the Earth and the Earth will be destroyed. So as much as we try to save the planet, it's going to be destroyed anyway, which is... no. Let's go ahead and try to save the planet for as long as we can. It's more like save us. Um, and that's a George Carlinism. But it's true. Um, at some point, we do have to find a way off the planet, um, colonized elsewhere, that sort of thing. We're in the NASA shirt. We do support um, space travel. But in any case, we are right in the middle of the Earth's history about four and a half billion years. Think about that. Four and a half billion years. The dinosaurs went extinct about 65 million years ago, which is like a little over 1% of the Earth's lifespan ago, right? 
So we might be here for a short period of time. It could even be for a longer period of time. It's still go extinct like you know the dinosaurs did. Uh, or we may finally get ourselves off planet. We may annihilate ourselves, whatever it is. There could be another intelligent life form that comes forth on this planet. Could even be an intelligent life form that comes from another planet, colonizes here. And over the course of time, they develop time travel and are able to go back and come to now. So it doesn't have to be us going back in time. It could be another indigenous life form to this planet going back in time. That's not human. Or it could be a life form from another planet who comes here and then uses time travel to go back in time. So yes, they could be time travelers, but they don't have to be us. They could still be, they could be, they could be an extraterrestrial time traveler that has colonized Earth. Or they could be an indigenous time traveler that is not human. There's a lot of different possibilities at play. It doesn't have to be just one thing. They're a time traveler. Or they're a physical being, uh, you know, craft from another planet. Or they're interdimensional. They're, they can be all of these different things. So I was happy to see that that was actually brought up uh, in this hearing, uh, these kinds of ideas. So you really have to start thinking outside the box here. Um, you know, the idea that... Um, you know, there's a space-faring race that traveled the cosmos using what we know as Newtonian physics. Well, humans can't do it. Maybe an extraterrestrial race can, maybe. Or perhaps they've figured out some other type of technology to travel the cosmos faster. Or maybe they've figured out the einstein rosen bridge and they're able to use a wormhole. A lot of different possibilities here. So let's not just compartmentalize ourselves into one idea. So, all right, I've rambled on long enough here. I hope those that watch were able to get a few things out of this hearing. If you have not watched that hearing yet, I encourage you to go back and do so because it it really, of, of all things, even though the information that they were at, actually able to talk about, we've heard before. But I think a lot of the questions that were asked were very good. I think that um, some of the things that they even couldn't answer, I think were left open enough to give us the idea that hey, there's something else back there. And of all things, it keeps the conversation going. This is yet another step in the right direction, and there will be more steps following. So, everybody, that will do it. Till next time, if time really exists.